welcome back into the latest edition of the 719 Coaches Show. My name is Dan Mormon. Uh, this week is actually, it, it was a lot of fun. This might be the best interview that I've done since launching the podcast. I sat down with Rampart Girls Volleyball Coach Nikki Blumen. Nikki and I have been friends going on eight years now. I knew her right as she took the job at Rampart. I've watched her grow and develop as a coach. I've watched how she has grown and developed her players. Um, we talked about last year's state championship team. It was the first in program history, which was very exciting for them. They lost two big hitters to Division One programs. So it was fun to talk to Nikki about what this year's team is like, what the dynamic is for this year's team without them and still having that target on their back. We also went into Nikki's time as a standout high school athlete. She committed to play Division I volleyball at the University of Colorado. She admits that it wasn't the experience that she was hoping for. Ended up transferring back to UCCS, had a great volleyball career there, and then jumped right into teaching and coaching. It's something that she's loved from the minute that she started. So um, I, I thought it was a really great conversation how she got to where she is now, and especially the trials and tribulations that came with it. So uh, as always, if you have any guest ideas or interview requests, please just let me know at 719 Show on Twitter. Um, other than that, let's just jump right into the interview with Rampart Girls Volleyball Coach Nikki Blumen. Have you actually taken the, the time to, for even just a minute to think about how crazy the last year has been just for you? Um, I mean, in moments, yes. I don't think I've truly sat down and digested everything that's happened in the last 12 months. But, I mean, little bits at a time, I guess. Uh, did that... Was it more prevalent for you uh, after winning state? It, I won't lie, it took about a week because right after we won the match, it hadn't sunk in yet. And I think that's probably common for a lot of people in that situation. But just the way that that season went and the fact that it was so quick and so intense. Um, after we won the state championship match, I literally thought I needed to go home and write a practice plan for the next day. Like it just didn't feel real and it hadn't really set in. Um, and then it took about another week for me to realize, like, man, we just did that. Um, and that's pretty awesome. And just to really kind of let it all sink in. And I still get bits and pieces of that, I think. How did that whole year feel? I mean, in a normal season, you're coaching in the fall. Mm -hmm. Your husband is coaching in the fall. Mm -hmm. And you guys are trying to battle through seasons and, you know, problems with players and right. students and everything together. So how was it more or less being divided like that? Um, it had its pros and its cons for sure. I mean, the fact that he was fully, I think whenever we're both in season at the same time, we're both sort of tackling our own beasts. And so, um, as much as we try to support one another, there's still something in the back of your mind of like, oh, well, I'm focused on, you know, my football practice and how that went today, or I'm focused on a kid who's struggling in volleyball right now. Um, so being fully present, whereas I do feel like he was able to support me in a new way, not necessarily better or worse, but he was at every single match. Um, he helped train a lot of my players in the weight room leading up to that season. So I feel like he was a little more hands-on with the volleyball program last year, which was really cool for both of us. I heard reasons, excuses, whatever you want to call them, uh, the entire way up to the start of the athletic calendar over why sports should be in specific spots. And um, I think at the end of the day, some of my feelings were that it was more based on that's just where they're supposed to be. How did volleyball feel being played kind of that late winter, early spring area? Um, our biggest issue was club volleyball. And I think we knew that going in, knowing that 
we were going to have to juggle both schedules because club, thankfully a lot of the clubs around here were very flexible and we worked with one another. You know, if they were, if girls were out of town at a qualifier, they obviously missed certain matches or certain practices. But for the most part, I was able to work with a lot of those club directors to, to create our schedule. Um, and we just had to learn how to be flexible. We're normally in a fall season. Club isn't an issue. These girls are fully committed to their high school season. Um, so trying to balance that, trying to prevent injuries from being overworked. Um, I joked with other coaches throughout the spring about the fact that club has almost been a bigger issue for us than COVID has. And I know that our team was an exception because we didn't have a ton of COVID cases. Um, and I know, so other coaches might not be able to say the same thing, but for me, it was just a matter of trying to manage these girls, trying to manage their schedules. I had a calendar with when all of their club practices were and when all of their tournaments and qualifiers and club obligations were, and then trying to balance that here, um, making sure that we're not overworked and then making sure that I'm designing our schedule so that we could have a majority of our team there. Now that everything's back to where it's supposed to be, do you, do you feel like you have more time on your hands now that you don't have to do all of that? <laughs> In a sense, yeah. Um, I think, and it's just nice knowing that these girls are, are fully committed to being here. And our girls did a remarkable job last year of not complaining about it, you know, um, they communicated with us when they were exhausted and when they needed a little bit of a break. But I think it also made me more aware going into this fall season of, when to give the girls a break and when to know when their bodies need to rest. Um, because a lot of them are doing workouts outside of season, you know, and they're, they're, they have other responsibilities. Some of them have jobs. And so I think last year opened my eyes to that a little more, whereas I'm a, where I'm a little more aware of other things going on outside of volleyball, because in my brain, I just go volleyball, volleyball, volleyball. <laughs> you can never replace two division one hitters, but someone has to step in and fill those roles. So when you lose a Riley Simpson and an Ange Stark, mm-hmm. um, you know, Hadley Richardson and Brielle Edwards, they have a daunting task ahead of them this year. How have they more or less stepped in there and, and handled that from your perspective? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw them step up in postseason last year for sure, um, just because teams were focusing in on Riley and Ange. Um, I remember the state championship match whenever Rob Graham at Grandview sends all three of his blockers out on my outside. So we told Hadley, like, dude, you got to be ready. Like, you got to expect the ball. You're not going to have a block up. And she did. Um, and she excelled in our state championship match. So for her right now, it's just teaching her because she does she is more of a threat this year and teams have to pay attention to her now because we don't necessarily have those two on the outside so she has to one expect the ball but then expect there to be a bigger block in front of her because teams aren't just forgetting about her same thing with our middles we're running our middles more and they're being a lot more successful but teams are paying more attention to them this year whereas last year all most of their defensive focus was on our outsides and then you have izzy stark angelina's sister who was a setter for you last year and now she's leading your team in kills. So what's, how's that dynamic worked? It's been really cool because Izzy, I mean, we talked over the summer just about what her role was going to be this year. We knew that we had a freshman setter coming in and Audrey Hollis. Um, so I had someone who was going to be able to kind of step in and continue to run our offense. Izzy's still setting for us whenever she's back row. So we're running a six, two with her and Audrey. Um, but when she's front row, um, she's just such an all around athlete and stud that um, I wanted her to be able to hit this year and she wanted to be able to hit just to kind of develop her all-around game so obviously setting is her strength but this year she's tr- learning to kind of recreate that identity as a hitter as well and she's doing a pretty good job with it so speaking of division one volleyball you 
left, you graduated from Rampart and went to a division one program up at the University of Colorado, but you didn't finish there. You transferred back to UCCS. What was the impetus behind that transfer and why was that such a good decision for you? Um, there were a lot of reasons that I decided to transfer a lot of my teammates up there. There was a coaching change before I even got there. So the coach that had recruited me, PEIU, to go play at um, CU ended up actually leaving before I even got to CU. So I ended up playing for Liz Kritza, um, and I had a great experience. I, I played a lot, which was great to get that experience against some of the top athletes in the, in the country. Um, but it just wasn't necessarily what I signed up for. And, um, I ended up breaking my leg and there were just a variety of reasons that I knew that this maybe wasn't the best fit for me. Um, so my high school coach here at Rampart, uh, he had just gotten the head coaching job at uh, UCCS and he had just finished his first year at UCCS and had a pretty successful season. And he was someone that I trusted and that I knew I loved to play for. And so I just knew, and it was what was comfortable for me. And at that point, I just wanted to enjoy stepping on the court. So I decided to come back to UCCS. At that point, I was determining what I wanted to major in, what I wanted to study. I knew that UCCS had a great education program. So all these pieces just sort of fall in, fell into place. And then being able to come back and play for Keith again for another three years was such a blessing. And he's been such a mentor to me even today. How much emphasis are, are athletes putting on playing at the Division One level? there's sort of a stigma around it, I think. And I try to encourage my athlete, obviously, like, I think it's great whenever any of my athletes go do D1, because that's such a big deal. But they have to take into account the fact that this is their job. And I don't think I realized that whenever I went to CU. I enjoyed playing volleyball, and I knew it was a good school. Um, and I loved the campus. And so I just figured that that was what was going to be it. That, that was the fit. Whenever I got up there, I realized that volleyball was my life. And while I enjoyed that, I also wanted to find that balance. And so I encourage my athletes just to take into account beyond the coaching staff, beyond the campus, think about as a well-rounded student and athlete, is this the place for you? Um, and so that was the biggest thing for me was just recognizing that I wasn't necessarily enjoying volleyball. So whenever I went D2, I was able to work a part-time job while I played and while I went to school. And I feel like I was still able to live my life um, as opposed to D1 where they just, they do, they own you. Like it is a job. I, uh, I got the chance to talk to Haley Washington a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And she was someone who said it was her dream to play for Penn State. Right. Of course, where Angelina is right now, mm -hmm. you've got Riley at Baylor. But mm -hmm. if they were to come to you and say, if Riley or Angelina mm -hmm. were to come to you and say, we don't know if this is for us, uh, are you really a good person to kind of provide that perspective? I think so, just because I was there myself. You know, I thought that I had it all figured out, and then, it, but you don't know that until you're actually there. You can go on as many college visits, you can go to as many camps and get a feel for, for the coaching staff. And a lot of times it is a great fit, and I hope that that's the case for those two. Um, but I just, I think having that perspective of going from a D1 program to a D2 program, I, I've, I've lived both lives. I've seen both worlds. So being able to offer that, um, that perspective, and I do that for some of my girls who are considering college too and are trying to decide between D1 and D2. And if you want to go D1, that's awesome. But just know that they own you. Like this is going to be your life for the next four years. And a lot of girls just thrive in that environment. I just, I didn't necessarily thrive. You can talk to, you talk to a lot of coaches who are also teachers mm -hmm. and there's always 
it depends on who you're talking to, but how much of an emphasis do you put on the student athlete part, just knowing how volleyball can help them if they want to go that route? Yeah. Um, I've been very fortunate to have really strong students consistently in our program. Um, here at Rampart, we have the DP program. We have a lot of AP classes. So it's a very strong academic school and that's kind of what gets a lot of kids here. Um, and so we preach, we preach it to them from their freshman year where you know, you have to take, we hold them to a high standard with their grades so that by the time they are juniors and seniors and being recruited, they're making themselves as marketable as possible. But then also trying to set themselves up for life beyond volleyball. You know, whenever I choose which college I'm going to, um, how is that setting me up to be a great teacher, a great counselor, a great doctor, whatever is next for them? Your life after volleyball drove you or drew you back to. Mm -hmm your high school and your spot was that always your intention no not at all i had no idea i wanted to teach and i was one of those kids coming out of high school that volleyball was my focus and that was kind of what i was doing next and i hadn't really thought beyond college and even my first year at cu i was an undeclared major because i didn't know what i wanted to study when i was up there i really enjoyed my english classes so that was sort of starting to put the pieces together and determining that i wanted to become an english teacher um, had no desire to coach coming out of college. I coached down at Doherty on C-Squad with uh, Tara Hiddle whenever she was the head coach down at Doherty, whenever Haley Washington and Gabby Simpson were seniors. And um, whenever I uh, was there, that was sort of my first taste of coaching. And then it took the volleyball positioning opening up at Rampart and Andy Parks actually like telling my dad that he wanted me to apply for the volleyball coaching position for me to even consider coming back and coaching at Rampart. So it all kind of just happened without me necessarily intending for this to happen down the road, but I'm really glad that it did. Okay, so tell me how that conversation with Andy went because in the time that I've known him, he's not one that's going to just jump in and hire a young coach mm -hmm. in a head position. Yeah, I mean, I think it's credit to him and to Mr. Alvarez, our principal. I literally came in for an interview with the two of them, just kind of thinking that maybe this would be a foot in the door to a teaching job because at that point, I'm fresh out of college. I'm just trying to land a big girl job. Um, and so I was, I figured that there were mu there were more qualified applicants who were going for the volleyball position, but I figured it was great experience to come in, get to meet the principal and the athletic athletic director. And that would sort of maybe be a foot in the door for a teaching position. But then literally that day they called and gave me, they gave me a tour of the school first to show me like the changes that they had made since I was a, a student. So I thought that was a little weird just for the day of the interview. And then I got a call maybe an hour later offering me the job. So I had to do some like major soul searching right away of like, is this what I want to do? Um, and then it didn't take me long to decide that this was what's next for me and all the stars just sort of aligned. How have you... How have you grown up as a person from the time you took that job to where you are today? I mean, I still think back to my first year coaching and we had a ton of talent that year as well. Um, lots of D1 athletes. Um, and I was just lucky that they were so mature as players. We had a very strong senior class because I honestly didn't know what I was doing. And I just sort of put a lineup out on the floor and they went out and did their job. So it's been really fun over the years just to develop as a coach, develop in my maturity and my decision-making to learn from a lot of the other great coaches around the state, um, going to coaches clinics. And now um, I feel like, you know, over eight years, I'm really becoming the coach that I wanted to be that first year, but I just didn't have the experience and I didn't have the maturity. Who are you calling when you have a 
coaching or life question or if they somehow blend together, who's the one person that you're going to call and ask for advice? Keith Barnett. Just he's at Air Force now. You know, he was my coach for two years here at Rampart. His wife was actually my JV coach here at Rampart my freshman year. Um, and then he was such a mentor to me in college, you know, at a time where I wasn't sure if volleyball, if I thought I was done with volleyball, period, not even coaching, playing everything. And he just sort of reinvigorated that passion for me. So now even if there's like a drill that I need in practice, I'll call on him and he'll, you know, Hey, how do you defend a middle tip? He'll give me a couple of drills just to kind of work on that the next day. Let's go back to that for a second. Mm-hmm. So when you're at CU and your leg's broken and right. everything's not what you thought it would be. Right. You, you considered quitting the game. Mm-hmm. What, how did that process play out? What was your mindset at that point and how, what did Keith tell you to kind of spark that love again? Um, I mean, he's known me, like I said, he's known me for so long. Um, and he could tell that I was struggling with it because I wasn't a hundred percent certain. So he basically told me like, unless you're sure, give it another shot. And he said, you know, after one season, if you still are not certain that volleyball has a future with you, then hang up the towel. But he knew that I was kind of going back and forth. And so he wanted me to be a hundred percent certain. Then I came back and it was just like old times, you know, and he was, he was the consistency that I think I needed in my life at that point. There's a big push. I know the the talk in the Chassa office a lot is always to make sure you have your why. Mm-hmm. You know, why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you think you have the same why today if Keith doesn't step in and kind of reignite that spark? No. Um, he developed me as a young lady, um, honestly, as a teacher, even though he probably doesn't realize it. Um, because before I was so volleyball oriented and that was just my life, like I said. Um, but he kind of helped me realize that there are more facets to me as an individual beyond just volleyball. And so as a coach now, that's kind of my goal with my athletes is just helping them recognize that well, you're not going to play volleyball forever. You know, whether, you know, you could go where Haley Washington is right now. Um, you could go play professionally overseas. Um, you could play on the, you know, the national team, on the Olympic team. But at some point, you're going to have to hang up the knee pads. So um, what's next? And how are you going to make the most of that time? In the entire time I've known you as a coach, you've always been very family oriented mm-hmm. with your team and just making them feel like they are part of a family. Does mm-hmm. that come from... Um, your upbringing, your, you know, your volleyball life? Yeah, it does. Um, just because of, you know, coaches like Keith, but I think that my coaching staff has really kind of brought that into our program too. I've been fortunate enough to have Eli Cronin and Alexis Bailey on my staff all eight years that I've been here, which I think is pretty unique these days, um, for a coaching staff to be that consistent for so long. Um, and Eli in particular just preaches family um, and really helps with, you know, the bringing the girls together. So obviously this year we have a different team chemistry than we did last year. So how are we going to capitalize on these new individuals on the team, you know, and losing certain players from last year? Um, and so I think that he has really, he and Alexis have done a really good job of sort of bringing that up, even from our C-Squad level up, where we're preaching that to them, that this is a family program. You know, you the, the seniors are friends with the freshmen, you know, and the seniors are taking those C-Squad players under their wings. And I think that that just helps strengthen that, that familial um, environment that we like to preach here. Do you almost feel like it could be a trap to try and recreate the exact same atmosphere that you had last year just because of what the result was? Absolutely. And I mean, there's no way that we could just because there are different people on the team. You know, everyone has their own personalities and we're trying to kind of 
break through that right now of we aren't the same personality. We are not the same team that we were last year. Um, we are, we could be just as strong, but we have to find that new identity. Um, and I think that that's the same thing year to year. We were a different team in 2019 than we were last year. Um, and so using these preseason matches and these tournaments where we struggle a little bit to really try to find that identity. And I think we're starting to get there now. So what does the identity for this team do you think look like from here on out? You've got... You're dump, jumping into league play. Mm -hmm. It's a hybrid 5A, 4A league mm -hmm. with some very, very good teams in there and mm -hmm. another state champion in Palmer Ridge. Mm -hmm. So what does Rampart Volleyball look like both on the court and you know, as a family for the rest of 2021. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about the fact that we have a target on our back now, you know, whenever Heritage beat us this weekend, they were, they were thrilled as they should have been, you know, um, but taking pride in that and knowing that so many people on our team were a part of that last year, you know, we lost four seniors. So a majority of our team is back. Um, but then embracing the new identities that are coming in and helping them recognize that we do have a lot of potential and it's going to look different and that's okay it should look different but how are we going to establish that new identity in every single match not just with volleyball but is this something that generally likes to happen through these walls with most rampart athletic programs yeah um and i think that our coaches our head our head coaches assistant coaches we're all pretty close and we have these conversations just casually in the hallway in our offices where you know how are we developing our leaders across the board um and start you know trying to work with our captains, you know, football captains and volleyball captains, essentially preaching the same things to them and trying to have that common language. Um, and I think we've got some great coaches here. Andy does a good job hiring people that focus on building kids' character as well as athletes. And so trying to just establish that consistency be between sports has been something that's been a lot of our goals for these last couple of years. I can't think of a better example of what a high school athletics coach is supposed to be than Nikki. She was honest about her own experiences as well as what she expects out of her players, both from a volleyball standpoint and as a student athlete. It was uh, really just great to chat with her about all those things. Uh, always good to catch up with a friend, especially one that is um, so willing to give her time and her energy to... Uh, the, the student athletes that come through that school. It's just, it's always awesome to to listen to that. That's a wrap for this week's episode of the 719 Coaches Show. We've gone into uh, the golf world, the football world, the girls volleyball world. So I know that in the next couple of weeks, I want to try and hit other sports, cross country, tennis, um, you, you name it, boys soccer, everything that's going on this fall. So hopefully we'll have more of that in the coming weeks. But I hope everyone enjoyed the interview, and we will see you next week.